I was like, okay, 258 sub three. I'll take that. Let's not die here. <laughs> Let's not die here. Finish and not die. That, that was like my number one priority. Diz Runs Radio episode 1082 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is uh, sponsored in large part by the coaching side of my life, something that, not for nothing, I think I'm pretty good at. I mean, you know, always room to grow, always room to get better, certainly. But, uh, you know, I think about how far I've come in the last, gosh, has it been six years since I started coaching? Something like that. Um, Definitely a better coach today than I was six years ago. Thank you to those who, you know, jumped on board six years ago. Uh, you've, you've seen some of that growth and hopefully the, the way I communicate, how I, how I operate the tools that we use, um, all those types of things. And if, if you're at a point in your running where you're, where you're kind of thinking that maybe you want to maybe work with somebody else as a coach, instead of doing it yourself, trying to figure it out yourself, or maybe you've got a coach that's just not working for you. Cause Hey, let's not kid ourselves. And I'm the first to admit, I'm not the right coach for everybody. I've had some folks that I've worked with over the years and it just, was pretty clear from relatively early on that we were not the right fit. So we, we went our separate ways, hopefully no hard feelings, although I, I can only speak from one side of the equation on that front. But one way or the other, if you feel like you might be in the market in the coming weeks and months as a coach, and you think that, you know, you kind of enjoy the nonsense that I, uh, that I do around here, because, you know, as, as serious as I try to keep things from the, on the coaching perspective, there's still plenty of room for nonsense to be mixed in there as well. But, you know, if you think this mix might be, if you think me, the mix of, of me might be uh, the right fit for you, uh, check out the, the options that I have available um, and see if one of those might be right for you in terms of fitting the budget and fitting what you're looking for as a coach. Dizruns.com slash coaching is the page with, with all the menu options available. Um, and then if one of those options looks good, you want to find a little bit more about the concierge level, the decoderie level, or the one-to-one level. Um there's a link there that'll take you to the individual page for each of the different options. And it has all the details, all the fine print. Not that there really is any fine print. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much, you know, what you see is what you get around here. Ain't nobody got time for fine print, uh, but you can check out all the details for each edition or each individual level. And again, if one of those sounds right for you, feel free to, to click the button and get the process started. Of course, if you have any questions, let me know as I feel like I say, every time I talk about coaching, I'm not here to try to persuade you. I'm not here to try to push you in any one direction. Just here to answer your questions and trust that you're adult enough. You know, it's not, not all of us are adults, period. But we're at least adults enough that you can figure out, um, you know, you can take the, the information, take the answer to your question and say, yeah, this is right. Or, eh, I don't know. One way or the other, cool. If it's the right fit for you, you want to get started, let's get cracking. So check it out, disruns.com slash coaching. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. To today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. My uh, guest today is a lady that I've only recently gotten to know a little bit, but from what I can tell, she's definitely not afraid to put in the work to help her reach her goals, and that's, you know, running goals and otherwise. So 
in addition to her running, you know, which, which clearly we're going to talk about her running today, but in addition to her running, she's also a running coach, personal, personal trainer, and a yoga instructor, which is a pretty uh, unique blend of certifications. She's also got some other certifications underneath that, which we'll probably get into as well. So, um, you know, she's got, she's got her running. She's got her coaching that she's working on. Uh, she's also got the day job. She's, she's a busy, busy lady doing the work, getting things done. Uh, but needless to say, we'll have plenty of things to talk about today, and somehow she managed to carve out a little time to have a little chit-chat today. So let's uh, get the party started and uh, officially welcome Ms. Carrie Whipple to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Carrie. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Denny. This is exciting. Very, Good. very exciting. Good. I'm glad you're looking forward to it. Hope, hope you'll say at the end that it was worth, you know, it lived up to the excitement that you have right now. Um, but y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, want to connect with Carrie Instagram is a good place to do so. Her handle there is at Carrie underscore live life fit now. And that's Carrie C A R E Y at Carrie underscore live life fit now. And uh, on Facebook, she's got a, she's got a really uh, good Facebook group. Uh, if you just search for free spirit wellness, you'll find her group there. Um, starting and growing, which is, uh, you know, that's, that's what it takes. You get started, you put the work in, things kind of grow and take care of itself. So come join her, her group as well. I'm in there. Um, lots of other cool folks are in there as well. So come join the Facebook group, uh, Free Spirit Wellness. And uh, if you got, you know, out on the go, can't remember what we talked about or what the links are, where the underscores are, things like that. You know where to find everything in the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 1082. Dizruns.com slash 1082. We'll take you back to the show notes for today. Links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. So, Carrie, the way we always start off each conversation around here um, is with a pretty simple question. I think it's a very straightforward question, if nothing else. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's uh, a little bit difficult because there's a lot of good options out there, quite frankly. But one way or the other, it, it really gives us a good place to start the conversation, and that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Half marathon, because that's really where I got the running bug to run the full marathon, was doing half marathons. The first official half marathon I ran, I had no clue what I was doing. I was under train. I actually turned it via cycling, as in spin class, not what not what you're supposed to be doing, because I didn't know any better. Right. And I was like, okay, like we. I mean, I I luckily somehow survived uninjured. I don't know how that happened. I didn't even fuel. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you were supposed to be doing that. So I just had like electrolyte tablets. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, you have to actually take in carbs when you're running because you're going to be depleted and it was a tough course. It was hot. I'm outside of Atlanta. So it's just hot. I was like, okay, like let's just do this better. The second time that's my found Betsy actually was through Google search. I was like, Hey, like I need a coach. I have no clue. And I was not certified at this point. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Let's like do this properly. I had no clue. Oh, tapering. I know. Oh, you actually have to run longer. You actually have to be consistent. You actually have to do strength. Like I didn't know anything right. <laughs> to begin with right. when I first started the half marathons and before I did the five Ks and the 10 Ks and that was a slow buildup, but I was like, Oh, the half, it doesn't take over your life. Right. It's more manageable. The full marathon. That's literally, that's my third job right now is training for Chicago. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> the half marathon. I'm like, okay, whatever. Five K can crank that out in like 40 minutes to an hour. Mm. I'm a quote back to the packer. So I'm not running it in 20 minutes. But the, the uh, half marathon, it's a lot easier to train for. You can, I can do more halves than I can fulls. That's what my body can tolerate. And it, it's just easier to find half marathons. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a weekend. You don't have to travel unless you want to. There's plenty of local half marathons around here, although some of them are hilly. So it's just a lot easier logistically and also time-wise 
to train for a half marathon because you're like, okay, hey, I just have a 5K in the strength training. That's not your entire day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of lots of folks for very similar reasons uh, kind of uh, seem to say, you know, that, that seems to be the common answer that bubbles up to that question is the half marathon. And a lot of times the reason is, is very similar. It is something that is a little bit easier to fit in life, you know, especially if you've been running for a while, you've got a, a, a somewhat decent routine going you know, you, you know, if, if you're normally, you're doing your long runs, eight, nine, 10 miles a, a week and, and, you know, in the mix in a couple other runs during the week, like, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to stretch it out to a, to a half marathon distance. Um, but then yeah, stretching out to the, to the full marathon, that, that is a thing, but I want to go back to that first half marathon that you didn't know. You didn't know what you didn't know. And, and I think that, I think that I can relate to that very well. Um, Maybe not quite. It, I, I don't know. I can relate to that pretty well because my first marathon, which was my first long distance race, I, I just skipped the half marathon and blew right to the marathon distance, um, was pretty much a train wreck. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, but for that for that first half, like what led you to that first half marathon? You said you did most of your training on the spin bike. Had you been running shorter distances before that? Or, or what was the, the impetus to sign up for your first 13.1? I think, yeah, I think I had done 5Ks and 10Ks previous to that i was like hey like let's challenge i'm like i'm always like let's go to the hard things let's challenge ourselves this sounds fun i like this medal let's do it i think it was it may have been on labor day memorial day it was on some holiday i can't remember if it was labor day memorial day either way in it atlanta was, it's warm yeah, on labor day memorial day like, yeah for it, sure. it was hot yeah. yeah it was really really hot and of course i was like okay well i know like you had to do cardio but i was like running equals impact and i was like i don't want to get injured and i had not a clue what I was doing. I don't even know how I survived that first race without like getting seriously hurt at this point. Now I look back at it and I'm like, what was I doing? And I didn't know, oh, you had to fuel. And I'm like, why are these people eating when we're running? I didn't even know about that. So I did a lot on the spin bike because that's long sustained cardio, which yes, is great. But I was trying to run 13.1 miles and not bike that same distance. So I was like, okay, hey, this was on flight. Do you remember flywheel? Mm-hmm. That was like the big you know, like the big group fitness. That was like one of the big boutique fitness studios. They are now closed, unfortunately, but that was a flywheel. I was like, Hey, like I'll just go to like the bunch of, they had some like endurance classes. And I went to, I was there like a lot. I was there very, very religiously. I was like, let's go. I'll run this half marathon. Let's just do it. So I wanted to push myself. And of course it was a world of hurt because I wasn't properly trained. <laughs> I was not properly trained. I think I was running a little bit, but I wasn't doing any long runs because I didn't know you're supposed to run long to race long it didn't make, I was like what am I doing here I didn't have a coach so I was like oh maybe I should look at you know training plans I'm like no I was like let's just do it my way and see what happens not not the best results so I did finish I think I was like four hours maybe mm-hmm. it's been a while I think it was I was like close to like four hours or maybe over four hours at that point because I, I didn't know what I was doing right. I don't know if I did intervals at that point I don't think I was running straight through I think I was doing some sort of intervals but I don't remember what it was it was this tough course. It was on the greenway. We have a lot of greenways here. So it's like boardwalk and it's very isolated. So I was alone for a lot of it with some other people. And then of course it got hot and there was aid stations, but it was like a, I call it like quote weird race because the course was not conventional. Mm. And I thought, okay, Hey, like I don't do that with cars, but I'm like, this is isolated. And this is not exactly fun. <laughs> I still have that medal. That was like one of the best and hardest races I run. Cause I did it and I had, I did not train how you're supposed to train at right. all. Right. And then I did the Alfred women's half, I think the following year. And that was like properly with Betsy. It was, mm-hmm. it was she has a group coaching program. And now I'm working with her privately. 
for Chicago, but at that point it was a group coaching program. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need, clearly I need a lot of help here. <laughs> Betsy, help me please. Right. And I met her. I was like, wow, I really like her. Like she's awesome. And then she introduced me to charge. This was when charge was still around at this point. I was like, Hey, like I can do that and I can get out the door and do all the charge classes. And then she actually has in-person training runs that are local to me. It's like 30 minutes for me to get there. So I did those. She did, she also does strength training at the group run. So I did all that with her and I, I crossed, I think it was like three hours. I think I finished in like three hours or maybe like it was 257 that year. I can't remember exactly. She would probably be able to tell you. But a dramatic but improvement was, one yeah. way or the other. Oh yeah. Huge. Cause I actually was running. Mm-hmm. I was not really cycling. She's like, no, we can't be doing that. This is not what you do. Right. Yeah, funny how when you prepare properly, it, it, it makes a difference. You know, good good preparation certainly certainly pays off. But I'm I'm curious, you know, that that so that first race for all the reasons was was sounds like it was a pretty rough go of it. Um what was and, and maybe maybe it was long enough ago that it's hard to remember, you know, and if that's the case, that's fine. But what was the motivation to stick with running after, you know, beyond, you know, maybe you still jump in the occasional 5K, 10K, whatever. That, you know, it's all, all well and good. But, like, the first half marathon, not exactly great. You didn't really know what you were doing. I could see myself kind of being like, you know what? Yeah, good. That's good. One and done. Like, move on. Find something. Maybe I like the spins. You know, maybe I like the, the, the flywheel classes, so I'll just stick with the flywheel. Like, what, what kind of kept you in running enough to, to look for potentially working with the coach or at least to learn more about it and to train up and, and try a half marathon again. Well, I was like, Hey, this was not a good attempt. Let's try this again and do it the right way because there's a right way to do things. And I actually started running when I lost weight because I, I actually used to hate the gym. I used to exercise, ask my mom and she'll tell you, I would be like, no, do not make me go to the gym. I absolutely hated running when I was a kid. I dreaded the mile cause I was always the quote slowest. So that was like a whole change when I lost weight. I had all this energy. I'm like, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. I can't always bike logistically here. It's just too hard. There's drivers are not very nice here. And I can't ride a bike anyway. There's just, I never learned. So I'm like, okay, let's not do biking. Let's do running because it doesn't require a ton. Now, of course I have all the gear and everything now, but at that point I was like, let's get shoes. And you know, like, let's get properly fitted. That's the most important thing is shoes. Like, hey, like, let's like meet people. It's a good way to meet people. Charge, of course, still run at that point. So I was like, oh, hey, like, let's do all these classes. I learned a ton from Charge when I didn't know what I know now. I was like, okay, like, I did not like that four hour half marathon. I think it was like four hours. Let's try it again and let's make a better time and let's do it how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and I'm glad that that you did because. You know, I mean, like, like not that everybody needs to be a runner. I, I you know, as, as much as I, I love it and I try to proselytize to as many people as I can, like, you know, it's not necessarily for everybody. It, if, if you don't like it, there's plenty of other things out there. Um, but man, there's something about just getting out there, putting in the work, seeing it pay off. Um, and, you know, just, just, I don't know, for me, at least the, the daily routine part of it is, um, is pretty awesome. And then you start getting around other folks, whether it's online, whether it's in person, other runners sharing stories, sharing, you know, uh, various maladies or tragedies or things that went wrong on race day or, or, you know, lessons that were learned. Um, it just, you know, doesn't take long for it to become all encompassing, which it certainly has for me. And not that I'm ready to jump all the way ahead to, to the coaching and, and some of the things that you've got going on now, but it kind of seems like, you know, it, it, it kind of has become fairly all encompassing for you as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Running like my, at my day job, the one I, drive to 
they always ask, well, how many miles did you run yesterday? And they're like, oh, I'll be like, oh, I ran 14, which actually I did. I did a long run yesterday, which was 14. So they always ask, like, how's your training going? We know it's like five weeks from a marathon. Like, they, they know all that stuff. They know I'm a coach. They know I, mm-hmm. I coach online now. So they're totally well aware of that. And they're, like, so impressed. They're like, how can you do that? <laughs> Why do you run so much? They always ask me that. I'm like, I like it. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not so awesome when it's a million degrees outside and 90% humidity. Then it gets challenging but i have to train in that because race day anything can happen and that's happened anything has happened on race day for me yeah at this point that is true you race enough in various various locations and various times a year and you're gonna you're gonna experience just about just about everything um speaking of of races you know you, you said second half marathon much better than than the first in large part due to you know training having a little bit better idea of what you're doing and and how to properly prepare um subsequent races mostly not that we need to get the full rundown on every single race but you know subsequent races mostly gone gone well have you had some some great days have you had some days that were kind of like whew, that was that was a that was an adventure you know kind of how have some of your your races since then kind of gone I did another half marathon the following year, the Alfred Women's Half, not as a hilly course. If you're local here or run it here, it's very, very hilly. And then, of course, for marathon training, I had to ramp up the race schedule because it's good practice. It's good mental practice. It's good pacing practice. It's good, like logistic practice. It's good everything. I ran a half marathon three weeks ago. Like th- my days are boring together, like this late in, in the training cycle because you're so busy. I think it was two or three weeks ago. It's a local race. It's I won't name it, but it's very well known and it's known as a hot race. And quite literally at 10 K six miles, I was like, okay, I am worried about heat exhaustion and heat stroke at this point. I was like, I'm worried about it. I don't know if I like these and I, I'm a Galawayer, So I run on intervals. I don't run straight through. They're doing 60, 30 because I like to follow pacers in this race because it is dark. It's eight, 8 PM start or no, seven, 8 PM start time. It was dark. So I think it started at, yeah, it started at seven. I was like, okay, really, it's dark out here. I mean, I know where I'm going, but I want to make sure it's like with the pacers so I don't get lost. Directions, I'm horrible with directions, even if I know where I am. So I was like, okay, heat stroke. We're worried about heat stroke. Let's just slow down. The last 5K, I had to walk a lot because I was getting overheated. My core temperature was rising. I was like, let's, no, PR is not worth heat stroke. So I did not get the time I was going for. It was like two minutes slower, but I was like, okay, 2.58, sub three, I'll take that. Let's not die here. <laughs> Let's not die here. Finish and not die. That, that was like my number one priority was preserving myself. And then I did another 5K last, was it last? Yeah, I think it was last Saturday. That course is the toughest course, 5K course in Georgia, in my opinion. It's all hills, long, steep hills. This was also a night race. It was really hot. Like the humidity was 90%, I think. So it was It was crazy hot, crazy humid. I had to walk a lot. I was anaerobic basically the entire race. I really had to breathe because it was so hot. And I did like 41 minutes on that race. And that was like, let's just survive. Like, let's just survive. I don't care about time. Heat stroke is not worth the PR. So that's what I've been doing lately because it's still, unfortunately, hot. It hasn't cooled down yet. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're 100% right. Heat stroke is heat stroke is nothing to mess around with. So, you know, when it when it comes down to it, you let go of those PRs to to keep the the temperature down, slow it down, whatever you got to do. But the, something in there that stands out to me, um and I I've talked to a couple of folks, but not many, I don't think, that have had much experience with running or at least it hasn't come up with running evening start races. And that's 
that's something that I, I used to do a little bit of um, back when back in the good old days when the wine and dine half marathon at Disney was a night race. I, I ran all of those um, and I enjoyed, you know, a, a nine, 10 o'clock start and, and uh, you know, the, the situation where in theory, at least the weather, it, it temperature goes down a little bit as you're racing, as opposed to a morning start where it might start cool, but the heat starts to become more of a, of a factor as the sun comes up, things of that nature. Um, but do you, you know, it sounds like a couple of these races recently were, were night starts for you. Um, is that something that, that you seek out that you, that you, um, enjoy doing, or is it just a happy coincidence that those are, are just recent events that you've done? Those are just the recent ones I've been doing because I do my long runs on weekdays most, the vast majority of the time because of scheduling. So I did my long run yesterday. That was Thursday. Most people do it on the weekend. I'm not able to really do that. Sometimes I can, but that's not usually my normal schedule. That's just how it is for me. So I'm like, okay, let's do long on Thursday so we know we get it done. These races, they're known for being at night. That's how they schedule them. So you have to be careful, of course, with what you eat during the day. So I have no fiber the entire day just to be safe. I don't want any issues on the race. Mm -hmm. Learn that lesson the hard way. Luckily, I was on the treadmill. Thank goodness. But still, (laughs) it's like no no fiber. I I cannot tolerate any fiber the day of. And I basically had like a huge lunch and I didn't eat anything before, which I probably should have had something before, but it was a 5k. I'm like, okay, I think I'll live for a little bit here and just eat once I got home. And I made sure I did eat something once I got home, but the night races, it's good because it's it's a good mental training because it's dark Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out where you are because it's very disoriented. Even if they have cones and volunteers, it's dark. You have to figure out where you are where you're going, if there's hills, if there's obstacles, any of that kind of stuff. And it, it can mentally challenge you. That's why I like doing the night races. It's perfect marathon prep. All these night races are. I mean, all, every race is, but especially the night races. And I'm doing one on Labor Day, the Sizzler. That's one of the biggest ones here in Atlanta. I'll be doing 10K, and that's the point-to-point. So I have to take a shuttle back to my car. So it's all logistics practice. I have to park somewhere, walk to the start line, run the race, finish and then go, go back on a shuttle. That's perfect logistics. Obviously Chicago is much bigger, but I'm like, okay, smaller scale logistics, I can practice this. Right. So stuff like that, that's what I've been looking for lately is, okay, let's make it a little bit harder. Let's, let's do the Sizzler instead of one that where you just park and then it's out back on the same start and end point, which most majority of the races here are not point to point. Most of them are out and back depending on the race course and how long you're running. Gotcha. Well, and, and yeah, you know, just putting yourself in different, different scenarios, different, different experiences. Not only is it good training for, you know, maybe the, maybe for some of the logistics, the logistics, easy for me to say of a Chicago, um, but also just, you know, you never know when the next race is that you're going to be in that you think is going to be straightforward. And then it's, oh yeah, it's, you know, you park here, you do this or whatever. And so just having past experiences to draw on, um, you know, it's never a bad thing. Even even if the the past experience wasn't great, at least you can draw on it as lessons learned, hopefully, and and it makes the the future experience a little bit easier. So, training for Chicago that's that's coming up uh, just about a month out as uh, um, or maybe a touch more than a month out as people are listening to this, but it's it's getting close. Um, is this your your first marathon? Have you done marathons before? Kind of you know what what kind of uh, what what are you getting yourself into with this Chicago marathon situation? This is actually my second. The story of the first marathon is quite the story. Right. Well, <laughs> you can't you can't tease us with that, Carrie. Let's what's what's the story of the first marathon then? So the first marathon, if you ever heard of the rock and roll races, mm-hmm. so that was rock and roll Savannah. Savannah is about five six hour drive 
from where I am. So I didn't have to fly. We could drive. The weather was predicted to be horrible race day. I thought, well, this is Atlanta. We'll have rain one day and then it'll be sunny and bright the next and then we're fine. So it was pouring rain. We were driving down there. I thought, oh, you know, maybe like it's going to pass. Knowing our weather, I wasn't sure was it going to pass. I get there. The expo was a nightmare because Savannah is like on the on the coast. So it was hard to get over to the expo, which was, I don't know where it was. It was at the convention center, which was not the easiest to get to. We had to go like on all these back roads and it was crazy trying to get to the expo. The expo was very disorganized. I got my bib. I got, you know, all my race merchandise. I got everything. I was like, I'm going to run this race. I'm going to do it. And I, at that point, I had trained for six months. My body requires a super long training cycle. That's just how it is for me. I was like, okay. So we got to the hotel. It was like filled with runners. It was a marathon, half marathon. I don't know. Oh, yeah. They also did a, like a 5K, I think, the day before. So it was multiple race distances. So I was like, okay, it's still raining. Let's see what happens in the morning. Because it was, I don't know what it was, 7.30, 8 a.m. start. It was an early start. So I get up in the morning. It's still pouring rain. And they were worried about hypothermia because it was cold rain. It wasn't like just rain where it's raining and then it's hot. It was cold rain because it was in October. No, it was, this was in November. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this was in November, so it was still really cold. I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm going to run a marathon somewhere no matter what. I need to have a plan B because this is not looking good. They canceled the race the morning of. Oh, no. And I was like, I am not giving up. I, te- I called, And Betsy was actually physically there because she was going to run the marathon too. So she was physically there. And I don't know if I had physically seen her, but I I definitely had talked with her. I was like, hey, I need to pivot. I'm not throwing away six months. I'm not somebody that's going to just throw away six months of training. Mm -hmm. That's that's just me. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to find a way. There's going to be, I'm going to run a marathon no matter what. There was actually a local race who was amazing, the coming marathon. And they saw what had happened with Savannah. They're like, okay, we'll just open up registration and let the people from Savannah run if they want to. I was like, mm. great. Cause that's one of the local running stores. I was like, okay, that's a marathon. It's very hard to find a marathon. And it, you know, in Atlanta, cause there's not that many here. I know there's Publix, there's coming. I don't know if there's any other ones. And then there's ones that are farther South from where I am. I was like, okay, perfect. That's not too far from where I am. That's maybe 30, 40 minutes. I was like, okay, smaller race. And this race was much, much smaller. I don't know how many total run the marathon, but maybe, 50 or 60. Oh, wow. Yeah, real small. Maybe like 100. Yeah, real small. I don't. I can't tell you the exact numbers, but it was small. And they had, obviously, like it was Walmart, thank goodness, as I'm very directly challenged. But they had their aid stations set up, bless them, for the back of the Packers. Mm. So I was completely alone. Now, this was on the Greenway, so this was like not close to the public. Like There's people on there, but it wasn't people from the race. I was completely isolated except for the aid stations, which thank you for staying out for the back of the Packers. That was a freaking lifesaver. Mm-hmm. They were out. And on like mile 19 on, I texted my parents and there was no tracking. There was no like runner tracking saying, Oh, Hey, like your runner is at mile 13 or whatever. It wasn't that sophisticated because it was a smaller race, understandably. So I was like, okay, I need to tell my parents when I'm at mile 19 so they can come drive and then like wait for me. I was like, okay, so mile 19, and that was on the greenway and I made past the aid station. And then at the last 10 K, so around like the last six, seven miles, I was forced onto the sidewalk, which made me nuts. I was like, okay. I'm, and I was within cutoff. It was a six thirty cutoff. I was well within cutoff. It's not like I was going way behind cutoff. I was like, seriously. Okay. And the police officers gave me this look like, you're not going to finish this race. I was like, watch me. I'm going to finish this race. If I have to crawl across that finish line and my mom, 
she actually ran six marathons when she was younger. She ran New York twice, marathons in California. So I'm taking falling in her footsteps quite literally. She came and got me at the last 5K because this race let you do that because it was so small. Like there was no, there's two other ladies behind me, but they were walking it. I was run walk intervals. I was like, okay, let's just finish this race. The last 5K was the most painful experience I've ever had because <laughs> it was all hills, the hills. It was all massive, huge hills and coming. They're not like little, it's a mountain. Mm-hmm. You go up and then you go down and it, it kills your quad. So I was like, okay, let's just like cross the finish line and not die. And I crossed in six, you know, I, I was like under 6.30. I was under the cutoff. I think I was like 6.25. I know it was under cutoff because mm-hmm. I had finished like five minutes under the cutoff or something close but I finished and my mom was like you need to let my daughter finish they're like we're gonna let her finish she's like no you better let my daughter finish (laughs) so she was being like you're going to let my daughter finish or else you're gonna be hearing it from me and my parents are there and then Betsy she somehow they did have a tracking system set up but it was kind of complicated and she somehow figured it out so she knew when I crossed and she called me right after she wasn't physically there but she called me because she was acting as my coach at that point I was like, I need help for a marathon. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I need somebody who knows me. And I'm like, hey, you worked with me before. Help me get through my first marathon and finish it and not die. <laughs> Let's not die. But I finished the coming marathon and I was like, I missed the, the big race experience. I want the big race experience. I want to run a major. And I applied for Chicago. Via lottery. Did I get in via lottery? No. I was like, I'm going to go via charity. So I run for Team Paws and they actually help animals. That's my day job is I work with animals and take care of animals. And I was like, okay, let's raise money for paws because you get perks as a charity runner. It'll help me logistically when I'm there because they take you to your start wave and there's a bunch of other amenities. So I'm like, let's, let's go through charity because I probably won't do an, another marathon for a good while because I need a break because I've been in training basically for two years at this point with like a month off because I restarted again in January. Christine, actually, she did my base. She did my base because I felt like I, I needed her positivity and her style of coaching. And Betsy has taken over for the actual marathon training since like May. So I've been in training for almost eight months at this point. You know, but, but sometimes that's, that's what it takes. And, and, and I, I, I know for my, myself, sometimes I think like, like, wow, eight months of, of being in training for the race. Like that's, that's super commitment. But then at the same time, like, you know, people that, people like me that don't sign up for races until like three weeks out anyway, because they're just like, I can't, I, I can't make plans that I, I don't do plans like planning, planning for a, a race a month or, or, you know, a year or more ahead is just a non-starter. So I'm kind of like, I kind of feel like I'm always in training. I just don't know what I'm training for. And then eventually a race pops up and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what I've been training for for the last eight months. So it's kind of, kind of works itself out to be, to be the same situation. But, but yeah, talk about a big race experience. You know, like if you thought Savannah was going to be a big race experience, Whew, Chicago, that's, uh, that's taking it to a whole nother level, but are you, are you excited? I mean, I hope, hope at this point you're excited, really looking forward to it. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I had a super strong long run yesterday and it's, it's as a coach now, I know adaptations take time. Mm-hmm. You can't get faster, you know, quickly within three months. It usually doesn't work that way unless you're genetically gifted, which I am unfortunately not. <laughs> so it's adaptation and getting faster takes a lot of time, which is why I wanted to start training in January because I had to have a good solid base. Once my base was maintained, pretty, Christine said it would pretty much was maintained. Then I could go on to the harder stuff. So lots of speed workout, lots of tempo, lots of running at marathon pace. Yesterday was actually under pace. I was running with my friend who's a very fresh runner. She's like, 
seven, eight minute miles, depending on what she's doing. Crazy, crazy fast. So of course she kept me going a little bit faster. Now she was running at like my pace. She had slowed down, mm-hmm. thankfully. I was not going seven minute miles. I was going about 13 minute miles. Yeah, she was, I mean, she's able to slow down for me because she's awesome. But that really helped because I'm like, oh, hey, like you're a faster runner. I know she's going to naturally run a little bit faster anyway, even if she's not running seven, eight minute pace, which I could not, I can't maintain that right now. In the future, right. maybe right. it's just going to take a long time for me to get there. But she slowed down and I was like on the back half, I was like, wow, okay, like I hit like 13 and like I was in like the low, like 13, 30, which was faster than the marathon pace. I was like, good, this is what I need. This is like a good mental boost here. So my goal for Chicago is finish under six hours. And I'm not, I quote, front of, front of the pack. I'm definitely more back of the pack. I've always been like back of the pack runner ever since I started. Well, the, the good thing, and I don't have personal experience with Chicago, but from what I understand from folks that have run it, um, either those that I coach or those that I've talked to, is that pretty much no matter no matter where in the pack you fall, it's not going to be... You're not going to be by yourself out there in Chicago, um, you know, in that six-hour range. Like, there's going to be plenty of other runners back there, um, pushing themselves, doing doing just the best they can, just like you're going to be. Um, as opposed to, you know, that that first marathon experience where, um, you know, you you kind of were by yourself and your mom was running with you, which is cool. But like, you know, there weren't a whole lot of other runners out there. Like, you won't have that problem in Chicago. I, I pretty much am comfortable saying that. Yeah, there's like forty thousand. I think this year that's yeah. the field. And they're, and they're not all running three hours or faster. Like there's, there's a whole gamut of folks. Um, and so you'll have, you'll have plenty of company, which, which is nice, at least for me. I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a mid packer, I guess. I, I kind of guess I almost always have company, but like, you know, having some other people around you, you know, seeing some people that, that you kind of have, you know, just kind of, they, they're, you're a little ahead of them. They're a little ahead of you. You're, and you just kind of play ping pong for, you know, 20 miles. Like, like, I don't know. There's something about that, that, that I think, um, it'll be interesting to hear after the race how you enjoy how how that experience plays out versus the first marathon experience and and running probably a lot of it. I mean, shoot, with 50 people, like even if all 50 you're running together, it almost feels like you're running solo for most of it probably. So it'll be quite the quite the different experience for you. Yeah, definitely. And I'm super excited. I'm staying with my best friend. She actually lives there, so I will not have hotel costs. <laughs> staying with her. And then pause, they have stuff for their runners, and then they treat their runners extremely well. So I'll have, like, access to a post, pre- and post-race area I can go to just nice. for pause runners, which I'm really looking forward to because the fundraising has not been easy. Training and fundraising is definitely not an easy task. It's doable, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Well, that's that, that teased me up for what was going to be my next question anyway. But, you know, struggling with the fundraising a little bit, hey, you know, I, I get it. I, I hesitated to do... Um, a charity race for the longest time because I was not keen to fundraise and, and I, it was almost like race day before I finally hit my my mark which was which was um, a relief I mean I was close but finally you know, the last couple dollars came in like the day of the race to put me over the top um, but but what you know you mentioned it hasn't been easy with the fundraising what what have been some of the challenges for you with with gaining uh, you know getting the donations for for the cause definitely getting my family and friends actually my chiropractor's office they unofficially quote like sponsor me if you want to call it that way so they hosted an event for me my best friend is actually matching any donations that i get in i'm trying to raise five thousand dollars now i'm way over minimum because i i had some friends donate and then my best friend is matching all donations so any more donations i get i'm hoping that i'll be able to hit five thousand dollars raise which would be amazing that's going to help so many animals so i've been sharing on my social media i also have wristbands made that says Team carry, never give up, because that is definitely my motto. 
and I share all my training stats. I'm like, Hey, like I'm actually like, I'm out here up at 5am on days off. That's been the routine for, I don't know how many months now, months and months and months where if, okay, I have to go eight miles before work. I gotta get up at five to drive there, have breakfast, drive there, run, come back, shower, eat, and then go to work. If I work in the afternoon, that is. If I work in the morning, of course, it's, it's reversed. But, right. you know, all that kind of stuff, that's a sacrifice you have to make. You have to get up really early. So I'm trying to show people to be like, hey, like, I'm still out here training on my days off, especially especially on the days off. That's when the long runs are, are in on my days off. It makes more sense and it's just easier. I did 14 yesterday. I was up at 5 a.m. And I was not going to work. I was going to go long run. So I try to show my training. I have my wristbands. Now I'm really trying to push for the, I only need like Six hundred and fifty more dollars, and then my friend will match that, and that'll hit me to five k for pause, which would be awesome to go into the marathon with. I'm already at three thousand, but to go in with five thousand would be awesome. But it it took a while to get the minimum. Yeah, that was not easy getting the minimum. So training and fundraising is doable, but it takes a lot of work for the fundraising. Yeah, it does. It does. But you know, kind of like the training, if you can just kind of keep chipping away at it and keep keep persevering, keep being consistent. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer than you might want, but the, the dollars pile up and, um, you know, eventually you cross the, the minimum and then you set your sights a little bit higher, which is, which is pretty awesome. And, um, of course y'all, if, if you would be so moved to donate, you like helping animals, you like helping charity runners, which I know there's a few of you that, that are in both of those camps. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes because it is, as always, it's one of those ugly links. It's like 47,000 characters long with slashes and numbers and ampersands and all that kind of nonsense. So, uh, check out the show notes for the link to donate for Carrie and, uh, most importantly for uh, team pause and the, the support for, uh, animals and shelters. Is that, is that what it, what it goes towards Carrie? They go, they do adoptions. They do veterinary care, which awesome. is important because vet care can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Very, very expensive. They do stay, neuter, low-cost vet care, adoptions. They take animals off the street, and if they need any surgery or any kind of anything, they do that. They just, no questions asked, they do that. And, that, of course, that costs money because your staff has to get paid. Right. Your techs have to get paid. There's equipment costs. Like, I know what goes into that. Mm-hmm. You have to obviously pay your staff. You know, you have to have, feed the animals, house the animals. You know, behavior train the animals, I'm sure, in a lot of cases. And they're doing, they're doing good work, care. but oh, yeah. good work yeah, costs good work. money. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, so yeah, like I said, we'll have that link in the show notes. Once again, that's, that's disruns.com slash one zero eight two. If you're so inclined, so moved, send a couple of dollars. I would say Carrie's way, but ultimately to, to team pauses way, um, in, in support of Carrie running the Chicago marathon this year. So before we, we wrap up today, Carrie, and, and as is often the case, time flies when we're having fun, we're moving right along today, which is, which is fantastic. Um, but I can't, I can't not talk to a fellow running coach about running coaching. So where did, you know, where did, where did that kind of come into the picture as something that you wanted to do? Obviously you, you worked with Betsy who was on the show a while back. If people want to go check out Betsy's episode, I believe it was episode 1038. So about, about 45 ish episodes ago, something like that. Um, but you know, you worked with her. It was a positive experience. Um, but what made you kind of decide that, Hey, you know, this is something that I think I might like to do might be something that I could do to help other runners, experience, you know, the, the benefits of working with a coach and help, help them move along in their running journey. Oh, I was a personal trainer. I was certified by ACE. I was like, okay, I really need the running component. Now there's no rule saying you can't coach without certification. I'm one of those. I feel better coaching with the certification and the insurance, but that's just me. If I'm doing it under the business, which I am, I don't want to take any liability chances and like, Oh, I told them the wrong thing. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. So I actually took the zoom course 
took two days, two days off my day job for that. Took the Zoom course. What was that? Mar- no, I think that was in May. Yeah, that was in May. And then I took the test. Then I had to retake the test because I missed by one point. Oh, but I man. passed the second time. So that's all that that's all that matters. I passed the second time. I got like 90, I think, the second time or high 80s. Whatever. Go. It was above the minimum. But I did that. I was like, okay, hey, like I really want to be able to help people with running, strength, personal training, and yoga. But I want to be certified in all three. So I was like, let's get that certification because it'll obviously make me appear more legitimate hey, like, yes, she is a certified running coach. I feel a little bit better about her telling me what to do when I'm running mm-hmm. versus a coach who's not certified. So I did that. And also I want, I really wanted to learn for myself because they require first aid training, which I already had gotten previously. And all, like, about the, the, the anatomy and physiology was interesting. Like, okay, well, this is what you're doing when you're running in cold, when you're running in heat, how to present, prevent heat show. All that kind of stuff was just super interesting. And then I represented back in the pack in my class. There's a lot of people who are much faster than, than I am, much, much, much faster. But I represented back in the pack in my in my online class, which I think was nice. So I did that. And I like that for myself because post-Chicago, I will probably be self-coaching because I have the certification. So for myself, also for my clients. As a, as a back of the pack runner, and as a back-of-the-pack coach, I, I don't know that I've ever asked this question of anybody else um, that's been in similar types of situations, but something about how you were responding to that just triggered this in my mind. Um, obviously, every every runner is different, and, and you know the amount of time that you're out there, if you're running a three-hour marathon versus a six-hour marathon, like that's that's a big a big difference. Um, but but maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe there's an answer to this. Maybe there's not. And if there's not, we'll move on. Um, but what have you learned? when you were going through the coaching process and, and the education components of the classes and the certification tests and, and all the, the, that is involved with that, um, that maybe helps, helps you specifically, but also helps the athletes that you work with that are in that back of the pack range um, that maybe somebody, you know, working with a coach that runs a four hour marathon or a three and a half hour marathon that they don't, they, they maybe wouldn't recognize or realize or, or, you know, kind of what it's like to be out there for, five, six, seven hours to cover 26.2 miles. I don't know if that question makes sense, but is there anything that you've learned to kind of um, that really you're like, oh yeah, the back of the pack crew that I'm part of, like this is this is what we need to know. Definitely time on feet because if you're going to be out there running, because my last 18 mile long run took me like five hours and something, five hours and 20 minutes, some, somewhere in that range. That's a long time to be on your feet. So I actually have a personal training client now who's getting into running and well, she's not like running completely right now. She wants to get started with that. I was like, okay, first off, we need to get used to the stress of running on your body. Mm-hmm. So I'm having her do intervals and slowly, very, very slowly. We're not going fast. We're on our feet longer. We're going to need more strength. We need to get used to being on feet a lot longer than somebody who runs a two hour marathon, three hour marathon, even four hour marathon there's still a big difference between four and six hour marathon or even 5k. I would argue even 5k because yeah, it's only three miles. That's still impact and that's still load and wear and tear on your body. So the strength training, they emphasize, I was like, uh, yeah, back of the pack. I mean, we all need, all runners need that. Every, everybody needs strength training in general, definitely back of the packers because we're out there longer We're more, more load, more wear and tear. We need to get our bodies a lot stronger. And also it's mental. If you're out there for five hours, how are you going to handle that mentally? So it's a lot of mental training. Definitely for back of the Packers is extremely important. 
cannot forget that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's something that I don't know that I struggle with as much recently, but certainly, you know, in the, the early days of, of my, you know, marathon career, if you, if you can call it that, um, the mental component was, was, and maybe still is, but to a lesser degree, my, my weakest link, um, curious, you know, other than just being out there and doing it, which I think that's been a big thing for me is just the more marathons I run, the more long runs I do, like the more time on feet back to, to what you said, which I think is, is a, an important piece of the puzzle for sure. Just, you know, like I'm more comfortable with it. So my mind doesn't get in the way as much, but when it comes to, especially a newer, newer athlete, maybe somebody, maybe, again, maybe including yourself, you're training up for your second marathon. Um, how do you address some of the mental training that goes with, and I know we kind of touched on it, maybe some areas as well already. Um, but, but how do you, you know, what, what really works for you in terms of, of showing up the mental muscle, um, which really is a, a really key piece of the puzzle for us as endurance athletes. I did the, the 5k that was at night recently. I was like, okay, we're going no podcast. Cause I usually have a mm. podcast just because it's background noise. It's like, Oh, Hey, like I'm listening. Usually Christine's podcast. That's, that's my go-to lately. Cause I find her voice very, very calming. And she knows that. I'm like, okay, hey, like I have somebody in the background. They're not live, but I don't feel like I'm totally alone. I was like, okay, this 5K, we got to be mentally tough. I just put on music, which is harder for me. I was like, okay, music, we're going to have to talk ourselves through this because it was hot. And being a yoga teacher and yoga certified, I was like, okay, we need to focus on our breathing here, calm ourselves down. I was getting a little bit excited. I was getting way anaerobic. My heart rate was shooting up because of the hills and everything. I was like, okay, we need to breathe. And I was like, let's do the really, really emphasized breathing, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but it was needed because this race, you needed to be breathing audibly because it was that hard. I was like, okay, let's just breathe audibly. I actually had spectators say like, what is she doing? <laughs> it's called breathing. It's because my muscles need the oxygen because I was anaerobic for so long. Mm-hmm. So I was really focused on the breathing. I was like, inhale, exhale. I was like, catch your breath, catch your breath. Because I know for me, at least on the big hills, I can get a little bit panicky. Because your heart rate's shooting up a million beats a minute, it feels like. That can be a little bit panicky. So I was like, okay, breathe, breathe. So breathing, and then just calming yourself down, and then remembering to stay relaxed. Because I had to do that a lot yesterday, because that was a long run. And it's very, very easy to get caught up, and then go too fast, and then you tense up, and then it doesn't help anything. So I was like, focus on your breathing, stay relaxed, get your heart rate down to the aerobic zone. Just stay, stay relaxed, especially on the long runs, just stay relaxed. And then sometimes if I have to, like I'll walk, I'll walk through a couple of my intervals and just get reset and then start again. So it's just a lot of talking yourself through, Hey, like we can do this. We're fine. We're not going to die here. We're fine. It's just not comfortable when you're anaerobic for that long, especially on a 5k, especially on a hilly 5k. That's not for me. I feel it's, it's a different feeling than when I'm in aerobic state. So it's just, for me, it's calming myself down and a lot of actual audible breathing where it sounds ridiculous, but you need the oxygen <laughs> if you're on a hilly course, especially. That's it. That's it. And, and of course we're getting to this right towards the end. And so we can't dive into it as much as, as maybe we would have if we had crossed this bridge 20 minutes ago. Um, but it's funny that you, you mentioned that or maybe not funny, but it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because Literally, you know, as we're recording this just yesterday, I had a similar, not, not exactly similar, but I had an instance where, um, you know, it was, it was a, a loose dog that came out, which wasn't a, it wasn't a threat dog, but it was just kind of annoyance. Like, you know, somebody let the dog out to use the bathroom in the morning without the leash. Well, I just put the le- freaking leash on because then the dog chases us down, me and my dog down and we have to stop. And it's, it just became a whole bigger thing than it needed to be. 
And as I was continuing my run after that, heart rate is, you know, it's 25 beats higher than it would normally have than it was before the dog came out, just because the, the anxiety or whatever, the adrenaline of the dog situation. Um, and, and being a heart rate training guy, like, I was like, Oh, like, I don't want to stop to walk right now. Um, not that, not that there's anything wrong with walking, but like, I wasn't feeling like I needed to walk. I just need to bring my heart rate down. And I, by God, I focused on my breath, just like really solid inhale for three exhale for two, which was just what the pattern that worked for me, but like super focused on it, super he- like loud breathing. Like it's like, you know, really strong, deep inhales and really strong exhales. And I'll tell you what, in a matter of a minute or so, boom, like that heart rate just came right back down right back into the, the cruise level where I wanted it to be. And then I could, I mean, I still obviously was continuing to focus on my breath a little bit after that, but like it wasn't an issue anymore, right back where we wanted to be. And just, yeah. So I guess somewhere in there, you know, during a hard effort, during a hard climb, during a stressful situation outside of running as well, you know, focusing on your breathing that, that, you know, can make a difference in a lot of areas. Yeah, definitely. Cause that was breathing was taught in my in yoga course. That was an online certification all my certifications have been completely online because you were able to do it because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And they were like, this is how your diaphragm works. And I did all the major muscles, all the major joints, all the major bones, how they work, how they move, where they are, where they're exactly where they're located, what kind of joints they are, like everything. They did a whole section on breathing. And of course it's different, a little different when you're trying to run, but still I was like, okay, Hey, like use, use your modified yoga breathing in this race. And it really, really helped. Because yeah. nobody else, nobody else around me was doing that, and they were like really struggling. I was like, I know what to do here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the yoga teacher here. I know what to do. I got it. Yeah. Well, breathing, breathing is important. That is that you know that the understatement of the day. Breathing is the two understatements of the day. Breathing is important, and a heat stroke is not worth PR. Um, but both, both, you know, just just things to to you know, I mean, focusing on your breath even during a run can make can make a world of difference. Uh, anyway, as we're as we're wrapping up, Carrie, I, I feel like we could keep going for a while, but at some point, you know, we, we do have to to shut this one down for today. Um, Got to ask you a philosophical question though before we can we can let you out the door, um, which is kind of like the introductory question, not not too scary, just kind of open ended. You can take it where you, wherever you want to go with it, um, and that's where we'll put a bow on things for today. And uh, I'm going to ask maybe the the simplest, again, simple in terms of the question. It's a four worder. It's a pretty easy one. Uh, but maybe it's one of the more, I don't know if it's one of the more complicated ones to answer or not. Some people have an easy go with it. Some people, maybe it, it is a little bit difficult, but again, it's your answer. You can make it long. You can make it short. You can do whatever you want with it, but just, just curious, you know, at this point in your life, um, why do you do it? Why do you run? Why is, why is running an important part of your life on a regular basis? Something that, uh, obviously, you know, like we said earlier, it's kind of become relatively encompassing as well in terms of starting coaching, getting into it on that front. But, but, you know, just simply put, why do you run? It helps me calm down because I am autistic and my nervous system likes to be hyperactive. So I like to be in fight or flight a lot of the time. Now, this doesn't always work. Sometimes it'll backfire. But if I'm like really, really revved up or anxious about something, go for a run. It's like, okay, we're calm. We're tired. We're good. (laughs) We can go to sleep. No, it does kind of backfire if I were to the night races because then, of course, you're all like, oh, hey, we're excited. We just ran a race, whatever the morning races. I tend to run sunrise. I tend to be a sunrise runner. That's just how it's been working. So if I run, you know, early in the morning, I'm usually starting like literally like yesterday, I started at sunrise as soon as the sun came up, which is like 710 here. It's like, okay, let's go. So I'm very, very used to running in the morning. Of course, now, of course, I'm sore the day after. That's what happens when you run (laughs) when I was pushing the pace on the long run. But it definitely helps me calm down. And also it's a good release. 
because I can like, okay, like I'm really mad at X, Y, and Z, whatever. Let's go run and then sweat it out. Mm. Just sweat it out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, uh, just nodding along as is often the case, nodding along going, yep, I can totally relate to that. And no doubt others are as well. And y'all, if you, again, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to connect with Carrie, donate to the cause, all those things. Instagram is at Carrie underscore live life fit now. And again, that's C-A-R-E-Y, just like it's spelled on, on the app that you're listening to this right now. That's, that's how she spells her name. So we'll, we'll get it right at C-A-R-E-Y underscore live life fit now on Instagram. Uh, Facebook group is free spirit wellness. Dizruns.com slash 1082. We'll get you back to the show notes for today. Photos, links, and of course, we'll have that link for uh, her donation link for the Chicago Marathon support and team pause in there as well. Dizruns.com slash 1082. So, Carrie, thanks for uh, for taking the time today. Um, I know it took a little longer to get lined up than we had planned, but I appreciate your patience. Glad that we were able to make it happen. And uh, glad that we've gotten to, that I've gotten to get to know you a little bit before today and gotten to know you better today as well. And certainly looking forward to, to staying in touch. And now that I'm a, a fellow, is it uh, probably Georgian, but I'm going to say Georgite just because I, I can't. But now that I, now that I live in Georgia as well, who knows? Maybe I'll make it up to Atlanta for a race one of these days and we can, we can bump into each other in person. But thanks for, for making the time today and uh, all the best for you in Chicago and beyond. Thanks for having me. This was great. And hopefully I get to see you in person and maybe race with you at some point. <laughs> Post-Chicago, that is. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Carrie and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? You know what? You know what's coming. You know what's good. Just say it with me. Just just fight the fight the urge to be too cool and say du jour with me. So what was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. For me, as is often the case, especially when I talk to folks that are working in the coaching field as well, there's always so many things that stand out and so many, so many things that I'm like, oh yeah, that, that's a takeaway and that's a takeaway. Uh, but the, for me, the, the biggest one today that stood out was Carrie's willingness um, to really embrace doing what she needs to do. And that's something that I feel like not everybody at least, I mean, not that, not that everybody does anything. Right. But like, like, I feel like there's a lot of pushback sometimes in running circles and maybe this is paint with a broad brush, but it feels like there's a lot of pushback to, to coloring outside the lines, to going beyond the, the, the status quo. And, you know, Carrie talked about a training cycle for a marathon that was significantly longer than most people would talk. I mean, shoot, when I talk, when I talk about and be ready on race day, I'm talking about a uh, you know, 16 week plan, about a four month plan to build up to a race. And Gary's talking about six months and eight months of training for a race. But the beauty of that is that that's what she needs to do. So that's what she does. And how often have we talked about, you know, doing what you need to do and not worrying about what everybody else does. Maybe it's run, walk intervals. Maybe it's, it's slowing down. Maybe it's embracing this heart rate thing that I talk about of, of maybe, maybe a bit too often. Um, maybe it's not hammering every run. Maybe it's how you fuel, how often you fuel, what, whether you fuel at all. Um, there's so many things within the sport of running where conventional wisdom says one thing, but just because it's conventional wisdom or just because it's what quote unquote, everybody does, doesn't mean it's what you have to do. And in some instances, maybe most of them figuring out what works best for you is what's best for you. Even if that defies the conventional wisdom approach. And, you know, when Carrie was talking about doing her long runs during the week, because that's what fits best for her schedule. Again, you know, I, I don't think 
there's too many plans that you're gonna you're gonna download too many too many free options out there that schedule a, a Tuesday long run. But if that's what works best for you, that's what you need to do. So whether that's working with a coach, whether that's making some adjustments to the plans on your own, it, it, you know that's that's fine. But my takeaway today is just that reminder to, you know, don't be afraid to color outside the lines once in a while. At least it's a test, because sometimes what's what conventional wisdom says we should do isn't what's best for you. And so finding what's working for you or finding what works best for you is really an important piece of the puzzle to, to, you know, being successful, whatever that means to you, whatever, whatever your goals are, whatever, whatever success as a runner means to you. Sometimes you got to color outside the lines and be willing to try some things that, that, you know, the conventional folks out there would say, Oh, don't do that. Well, you never know. You never know if you might find that it works for you. Now, sometimes, yeah, you're going to find that what works for the masses is pretty much the thing that works best for you. But sometimes you might just find, I was going to, I was going to do some Rolling Stones there. You get what you need, but that's, that, that isn't quite what I was getting at here. Sometimes you might find that just because the masses say, oh, don't do X. Well, maybe X is the best thing for you. I found a few of those things over the years. I don't need to give you the laundry list of them now, but Carrie's found some things that work better for her that are outside of the norms. I found some things that work for me that are outside the norms. Maybe you've already found some things that work for you that are outside the norms. Maybe you haven't explored outside the norms. And if, if you haven't, I'd encourage you to think about it. You might just find that uh, something out there that most people say, eh, don't do, might be exactly what you need to do. So anyway, that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. At Diz Runs on Twitter, at Diz Runs on Instagram. You can always send messages or tag me in posts on either of those places. Let me know a takeaway. You can also send an email to DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also, also head over to the show notes for today. We got links. We got photos. We got the whole nine as per usual. And the whole nine certainly includes that comment section down there at the bottom of the page. Feel free to scroll on down and click on that comment box and say, hey, this is what my takeaway was. And of course, the way to get over to the show notes for today is disruns.com slash 1082. Disruns.com slash 1082. We'll get you there. And uh, feel free to share to your heart's content what stood out to you from today's episode. One last call for coaching. You know, maybe it's with Carrie. Maybe it's with me. That certainly helps keep the lights on around here. Uh, but one way or the other, if you're, if you're looking for a coach, there's a lot of good coaches out there. We've talked to several of them. I know a bunch of them. Uh, finding the right person for you, the right fit, is kind of an important piece of the puzzle. If you think that I might be the right fit for you, check out the options that are available at disruns.com slash coaching. Of course, any questions, just give me a shout. I'll answer them for you and allow you to make the decision that is right for you without any influence, without any pressure, without any, well, are you going to hurry up and sign up? No, no, no. You're going to sign up when it's right for you. If you're going to sign up with me, if not, hey, no worries. Thanks for listening. Keep listening. I appreciate that. But if you're interested in signing up, Hitching our wagons together, disruns.com slash coaching. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit that share button. Always appreciate it when you go above and beyond to help spread the word. Until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.